Alright, welcome back to episode 2 of the Ballaholics podcast. And if you missed episode 1, well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm your host with the most, Joseph Williams, a.k.a. JoJo, a.k.a. Good Job JoJo on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Josepher, that's J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R, underscore 24, R.I.P. to Black Mamba. I always got to say that anytime a 24 comes up. But on this episode here, oh man, this is going to be a great, great episode. I just, I just can just feel it. It's going to be very spicy, uh, very funny. You might get some laughs out of it. In the end, we're going to talk about something that happened over the weekend, one of the funnier events of the weekend. But uh, for the first thing that I want to do here, I want to do my round of applause corner. I want to give a big shout out to the Oklahoma Sooner softball team. Let me give them a round of applause. Let me put my mic down. Let me give them a good round of applause here. They deserve that. And... Another another round of applause goes to Simone Biles and her routine at the Olympics. What an incredible routine. Let's give her a round of applause. And one thing I wanted to say about Simone Biles' uh, routine in the college softball uh, World Series was they were just incredible to see how women's sports was able to do something very incredible and have a great turnout, especially with fans in, in the college softball. Uh, that, was, that was what fan interaction should be, unlike what the NBA was going through in round one. But those were great fans. They wanted to see their daughters play. They wanted to see their favorite teams play. And they just made the college softball World Series an incredible event to watch. Uh, I personally wasn't able to see... Uh, any of the games because due to uh, my work obligations uh, I still have to work while so I can't sit and watch uh, any games that happened over the uh, over the college world series but I know that a team had pitched a a perfect game one of the girls had pitched a perfect game and then you know it from the highlights that I've seen it looked like the college softball world series was just a great event to be at so I wish I could have experienced that. It looked like it was pretty fun to experience for the parents and fans of the teams. And then for Simone Biles, I just know somebody that is really into gymnastics was sitting there crying because of how beautiful her routine was. It was very a very, very incredible routine, and it's only something that she could do, which is why she is one of the top gymnasts in the Olympics every year because her routines are something of magic. It's like you see something new every time she does a routine. And to see another uh, another one of our African-American queens do something great, it's always good to see as well. So I want to give another round of applause to those two, well, the team, the College uh, World Series champions, the Oklahoma Sooners, and then Simone Biles. So let me give one more round of applause for women's sports. Let's go ahead. Give them a round of applause. But aside from that, before we get into the spiciness, the spiciness, uh, let's give a shout out to Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets for winning MVP. What an incredible season he had. 
with the Denver Nuggets, even though they just had recently got swept. And, you know, I want to put some put some respect on the Phoenix Suns' names. I didn't realize how much of a good two-way team that they were to play offense and defense. I thought they were going to go seven games, but clearly I was mistaken. They they said, hold my beer, I guess, uh, when they heard I, it. Well, they probably didn't hear me, but... Uh, they said hold my beer, and they pretty much proved how much of a good way, a good two-way team they are defensively and offensively. Um, but let's look at some of Jokic's stats. He played, uh, this is in the postseason, so he played 30, 35 minutes. I'm gonna, it's 34 and a half, but I'm going to round up to uh, 35 minutes. Had, 20, had ooh, 29.8 points per game. That's pretty much 30 points a game. 11.6 rebounds per game, 5 assists a game, and then 0. 0.6 uh, steals per game. So he was pretty much doing it all for the team. Uh, and then we're going to go to his regular season stats. And in the regular season, which is what the MVP award is based on, played 72 games out of 72, played every game pretty much. He, had 20, he averaged 26.4 points per game. 10.8 rebounds per game, 8.3 assists per game, and then 1.3 steals per game. And in those four categories, he led the team. So when you lead the team in four different categories, you pretty much deserve your MVP award. So good shout-out to Nikola Jokic. Uh, would not stop uh, Denver Nugget would ever win an MVP unless it was Carmelo, but shout-out to Nikola Jokic. But now, 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 let's get into the spiciness that was happening over this last week, starting with Kevin Durant, the snake himself, the, the slithery snake himself, going against Jay Williams. And, you know, I don't really have a problem with KD outside of basketball. I think some of his decisions that he makes inside of basketball, of course, it's, it's obviously good for himself to stack up superstars and make a superstar team, but it just makes it unenjoyable to watch when you're a team that's contending, but you know you can't win. We have, you have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant to go against, or if you have KD, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green to go against, all, and then DeMarcus Cousins on top of that, so... But yeah, I have no problems outside of KD, outside of basketball. He's pretty funny, actually, outside of basketball. But uh, let's let's get a little backstory with what happened between him and Jay Williams here. So the first thing, uh, Jay Williams goes on his morning show. You know, everybody has a morning show. Hopefully I can get there one day. But on Jay Williams' morning show, he said... So I guess this was a nightclub in a, um, interaction between him and Kevin Durant. And he was talking about how if Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis had a baby, the, simil the similar phys uh, physicality-wise would be close to Giannis. And then Kevin Durant walks up to him, supposedly walks up to Jay Williams in the nightclub, and says, yo, don't ever com compare me to Giannis. Don't you ever compare me to Giannis. So, 
after this story gets leaked by Jay Williams, which I don't understand why reporters or celebrities want to release a private moment in that situation. But even if the story is real or isn't, Katie says it isn't real, but I wasn't there. None of us were there, so we don't really know. But uh, Katie basically said, Jay Williams can't effing talk to me no more. That's pretty much what it was. And the thing I want to say about this situation is we have a situation or you think you're telling a story, make sure you're telling the truth about it. We don't know, of course, like I said, we don't know what happened between Jay Williams and Kevin Durant during this time frame of this nightclub incident or whatever is happening. But uh, if I was Jay Williams and this story wasn't true, why would I want to lose my credibility just for some clickbaits? You know, your credibility is what you you do as a journalist. And I know he's an athlete first, of course. He's always, He's been an athlete. He's been one of the top college basketball players in the world um, from his history. Uh, but I would never understand... When you're going into the journalist side of things and going into multimedia, why you would want to lose your credibility for that? Especially if you have a degree in communications. The first thing that you learn is credibility is your number one thing that's going to make people listen to you. Like, people here would not want to listen to me if I was just spitting out random facts about nothing and it didn't make any sense. So, I think Jay Williams, hopefully... Like I said, we don't know what the story is about, um, but hopefully he is telling a true story, even though Kevin Durant says it's not. But a lot of times athletes in this type of situation may say it's not true. So you never know because you don't want anything to happen. Like you don't want any uh, any beast within athletes because it doesn't look good for the NBA. It doesn't look good for the players at all either. So you don't want any beef between players. And a lot, I know outside of basketball, a lot of players don't even have beef. But when you get on the court, it could be a different story, especially when you're trying to compete and win a championship, especially between Giannis and Kevin Durant, as Giannis is still trying to get to show that he is what, he, what people say he is, especially after winning two MVPs. So he's trying to get that... Uh, ring that most people don't even have so you know when you're trying to do these two people with Giannis and Kevin Durant and then they're playing in the playoffs now it's kind of like it kind of looks bad on Jay Williams part because if the story isn't true then it kind of just looks like he's trying to make a narrative for the playoffs like trying to make a drama narrative for the playoffs but like I said you never know um, so hopefully, you know, both situations get settled out. Jay Williams says he stands by his story. Kevin Durant says Jay Williams can't ever talk to him again. And, you know, one thing about Kevin Durant, ever since he left OKC, he's been pretty, pretty spicy a little bit. He's, he's coming out the shell of what we used to call cupcake or he's soft or something like that. Like, he's pretty much been backlash he's pretty much been talking noise to pretty much everybody you see we saw at first with michael rapaport their dms that well that michael rapaport leaked i was gonna say that got leaked but dms that michael rapaport leaked then we saw him 
go at Shannon Sharp, and then Shannon Sharp blocked him because he couldn't take what Kevin Durant was throwing at him. And that's another situation of an athlete that's going into journalism trying to make a narrative, even though he didn't do his research. Uh, so, like I said, you never want to go, when you're doing journalism, you never want to lose your credibility because that's the most, that's the number one thing that's going to make people listen to you. So, like I said, Kevin Durant's been pretty, pretty spicy. I think he's trying to get out of this narrative of cupcake and he's soft and he's not going to stand up to anybody. But, you know, we never know Kevin Durant outside of basketball or what he is. So, he might not even be soft. He might be one of them people that's going to step to you every time. So, never know. But, like I said, Kevin Durant has been, since I've seen him leave OKC, he's been pretty much going at a lot of people going at teammates uh, like Draymond Green, which ultimately led, led, what I think ultimately led to him leaving Golden State. Then he goes at Michael Rappaport in his DMs. He goes at Shannon Sharp uh, on Twitter for everybody to see, which was pretty hilarious. Uh, Another hilarious event, uh, KD was Cash Doll. I guess Cash Doll thinks she's KD, um, but she's never been KD. I don't know why she thinks she's KD, but yeah, like Kevin Durant and Cash Doll went at it for two tweets, I guess, and then now uh, Jay Williams here, and but yeah, so hopefully this story settles it out. I'm pretty sure both sides are gonna go their own way. Kevin Durant already made it clear that he's not gonna talk to Jay Williams, and Jay Williams already made it clear that he's gonna stay stand by his story. So I think the situation is pretty much settled after this. I don't think any more beasts are going to happen or nothing else is going to be said about each other. Uh, But another topic of spiciness that happened, another topic of my Lakers, what a collapse we had, and I spoke on the collapse last uh, episode. But uh, good old old Urban Magic Johnson, the greatest, well, second greatest Laker, in my opinion, my dad would say otherwise. He thinks Magic Johnson's the greatest Laker of all time. But I think Magic is second to Kobe Bryant. You can switch him around. I think either way, whichever Laker you pick as the best Laker of all time, uh, it's not going to affect anything. But Magic Johnson had something to say about good old, good old point guard Dennis Schroeder, who has been getting a lot of criticism from the Lakers community for how he played during the whole entire season and how he also played in the playoffs. But um, the thing that Magic Johnson had to say, he says, and this was on AM AM 570 LA Sports, which I guess is a a LA uh, radio station. So uh, this is what he had to say. He said, Schroeder, I don't think he's a Laker. That's just my opinion. I don't know if they're going to sign him back or not. I don't think he brings the winning mentality and attitude that we need. And he had a chance to show that in the series to me. He failed in this series. I'm not going to read the but because buts are just trying to make the situation better for what you just said. But uh, magic, 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 magic. I got my Drewski hands up right now. If you ever see the Drewski, you'll be like, hey. If y'all ever see that Drewski meme, we'll be like, hey. You know, Magic 
shouldn't have said it this way, but he's not wrong either. <laughs> At the same time, he's not wrong either. Because I had the same sentiments as well, and I'm sure people like my dad, who is a diehard Lakers fan, and one of the funny stories that my dad told me that made, that I knew he was a diehard Lakers fan, I know he's going to hate me for saying this if he ever listens to this, uh, one of the stories he told me while we, we were just coming back from Galveston a couple weeks ago, he told me the worst, he told, well, my whole family, he told us the worst night that he ever experienced was his prom night. And prom night was the worst experience he ever had because the Lakers lost in the playoffs. <laughs> so you can see how much of a diehard Lakers fan that he is. So I think for us as Lakers fans and as a Lakers community and as a Lake Show community, you know, having Dennis Schroeder as an experiment was one of the worst things to happen in the last couple years well since LeBron's got here I think that was one of the worst experiences uh our experiments that the Lakers could have had I don't think like I said Magic Johnson's not wrong but he shouldn't have said it like that you know he continues even though he said all of that he continues so I'm gonna get to the butt now he says but again if he comes back a Laker I'm gonna support him I'm gonna cheer for him and all of that I just don't think he's late. So Magic, that was a half-ended uh, compliment at the end. I mean, you're going to support him, but you don't think he's Laker. I don't think he's a Laker. I don't think Dennis Schroeder ever saw himself as a Laker either. And there's still speculations that he may have sabotaged the Lakers. But, you know, I don't think Dennis Schroeder will be returning back this season. I think what he tried to do and bet on himself for a hundred million dollars when he turned down 84 million dollars from the Lakers I don't think what I don't think the Lakers are gonna look at this situation especially what he did in the playoffs and what he did in the in the uh, regular season excuse me and then not being able to stay off COVID protocol I don't know what was going on with him uh, during the season but I don't think the Lakers look at this situation here and man we need to sign Dennis Schroeder back I don't think this is a situation where the Lakers are going to look at this and re-sign him I could be wrong you know they might give him I don't think Dennis Schroeder is worth 50 million now he, he'd he be lucky to get 50 million after the season that he had and the terrible playoff performances that he had uh, going 0 for 9 scoring 0 points in a game uh, so yeah I don't think I don't think he's going to be bad for the Lakers. I mean, he would be a decent a decent backup. I think they're going to find another point guard to get after in the offseason. I still, I'm still hearing the Damian Lillard trades, uh, the Aaron Fox trade, a TJ McConnell signing somehow. Um, I'm not sure where any of these rumors are coming from. Probably just some random made-up stuff. But, yeah, I don't, de- I don't see Dennis Schroeder being a Laker anymore the experiment was a one-year thing uh thanks for nothing pretty much dennis hope you succeed in whatever uh you do after this whatever team you go to but yeah you're just not a laker like magic said we've seen a lot of winners at point guard from magic johnson to uh ron harper to Derek fisher to 
you know, even Tyron Lue, he won a championship. And he got stepped over. But, you know, there's there's things that make you a Laker, and he just did not have it. And you can see that he, he really didn't want to be there, I guess, once LeBron and AD got hurt. But, yeah, it's, it's a wrap for, what is he, 17, number 17? On the Lakers, yeah, it's a, it's a wrap for them. So. But for the last and probably the longest segment of the night, we got to talk about some boxing here. Some some good old boxing. Hold on, let me take a sip of water first. So, we're not going to talk about Lamar Odom knocking out some, some little white boy. We're not going to talk about Israel Adesanya. Knocking out or winning in the decision, even though congrats to the both of those guys. Let's give them a round of applause as well. Let's go ahead and give Izzy, Izzy and Lamar Odom a good old round of applause for winning. Izzy retaining his championship and Lamar Odom getting his first professional boxing win. But on a night, a Saturday night of gloriousness and just utter cringe. We had the TikTokers versus, or the YouTubers versus the TikTokers. Oh man, where do I even start? So the reason I found out what this was, and I didn't, I didn't even know this was happening. The reason I found out what this was because I was subscribed to one of the fighters in Deji, um, and he was live streaming, and it goes. TikTokers versus YouTube boxing match. So I sat there. I watched the whole thing with my girlfriend. We watched at her house. And boy, was was it the most cringeworthy thing you would ever see. TikTokers pretty much got swept other than the Deji match. But realistically, who would have thought that anybody who does the we paid whistle in the mirror was gonna be able to fight. Nobody that does in the in the mirror can fight. I I promise you they cannot fight. And then a lot of those guys, they went into these fights without training whatsoever. Like one dude did a month of training, and it looked like the YouTubers were training for pretty much the majority of the time before leading up to the match, but. Nobody that can whistle the we paid whistle in the mirror can fight. I promise you they cannot. But I think the best match of that night, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, Deji versus Vinny Hacker fight. What a fight that was! Because I did not have Deji losing. But when I saw what Vinny Hacker looked like compared to Vinny, or compared to Deji, excuse me, it was like, it was like some little 18-year-old kid versus your uncle that be on the grill with the sandals out at Memorial Day weekend or 4th of July. Deji was so out of shape, it didn't even make any sense. It looked like my my dad was out there in the boxing ring and looked like he was trying to box. That's how bad out of shape he was. Um, 
it looked like he Deji didn't even train. He said he trained four or five times a day, but looking at him and looking at that fight, he was tired after the second round. And like I said, a lot of people don't realize how long a three minute, two minute, three minute fight is. Because if you're just in a street fight, it usually is just a minute before somebody, anybody gets knocked out. Uh, if that or the fight gets stopped. So your fights don't last in regular street fights or anything. They don't last two, three minutes. So people don't realize how long that lasts. And then you have a well, one minute and 30 second to two minute rest period, and then you gotta go back and fight for two to three more minutes each round, and you have to go five rounds if possible. People don't realize how hard 15 to 10 minutes of fighting is. And I think that's what happened with Deji. And like I said, I already knew, once I saw what Deji looked like compared to Vinny Hacker, I already knew he was gonna lose, especially coming off losing to Jake Paul, even though he he is the only person to make Jake Paul bleed and all of this stuff. He took Jake Paul to this many rounds and all of this, blah, blah, blah. But, again, Jake Paul, that was his first fight against Deji, and that was Deji's first fight as well. But nobody looking that out of shape can can go against somebody that looks like Vinny because he, he, Vinny is ripped, and I will say that right now. He is ripped, and... Deji was tired after the second round. Even when the third round started, he took a knee. Don't know why he took a knee. I guess to get more rest. He didn't have enough rest, but he took a knee at the third round. Very confusing for a lot of fans and very confusing for the announcers as well. But yeah, I'm going to get that the fight of the night because a lot of people didn't see Deji losing. I think Deji thought he was going to try to knock out Vinny in the first two rounds. And when he couldn't, I already knew it was over from there because the way he was moving. He was going pretty much really fast for somebody that was trying to... I don't know if he was trying to conserve stamina or something. But it looked like he was just trying to get the fight over with and try to knock Vinny Hacker out. But it was not happening. Vinny said no. So yeah, I'm going to give that the fight of the night. And then another fight of the night, the second fight of the night I would have to go with is FaZe Jarvis versus Michael Lee. Now, going into this, I don't know who any of these people are, really. Uh, the only two people I know are DDG and Deji. Now, everybody else, I have absolutely no idea who these people are. I have no idea who any of these TikTokers are, who any of these YouTubers are any of that so who would have thought uh, whoever this Michael Lee person whatever he does on TikTok would have 48.6 million followers he has more followers on TikTok than some countries have people which is ridiculous but those 48 million followers couldn't help him in that ring because man I think it was the second round once that second round started, it, it was over for him. Faze Jarvis, he's one of the ones that I watched from this fight where I thought he could keep doing this, like fighting other YouTubers or fighting other celebrities. Because he was putting some paws, some paws on Michael Lee. And a lot of a lot of things went wrong with these TikTokers. 
especially since they don't train. But a lot of them were trying to go too fast, and boxing is not a, a, a fast sport. A lot of them were trying to go fast. They didn't train enough. They turned their backs so they didn't look like they knew what they were doing in fighting. And the worst thing you can do in a fight is turn your back because you can't see what the opponent's going to do to you. So a lot of them didn't know what they were doing, but Michael Lee in this situation, first round, he's trying to go too fast. He's doing too much movement. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing, really. He's just trying to throw punches out there, and that's another way to tire yourself out. So Michael Lee was pretty much looked like he was already pretty much done. And then once you get a hit with a couple shots to body shots, like Faze Jarvis was throwing, and then you get hit a couple times in the face, your stamina is going to be completely gone, and Michael Jarvis, or it's Michael Jarvis, why did I say Michael Jarvis? <laughs> Michael Lee was not prepared for what Faze Jarvis had in his hands. It looked like Faze Jarvis hit him with a sack of bricks. The way, the way his left hook, or I think it was a right hook, it was either a right hook or a, a left hook. Whatever, whatever hook it was, that knocked Michael Lee down, it looked like he got hit with a sack of bricks. He he got hit so hard. And you know he got hit hard when the doctor comes up to your face and points his finger to make you concentrate on where your where your finger where his eyes are where your eyes are gonna go. And they even had the the uh the eye pin, the light pin, to even look in his eyes, so you know he got hit hard. He didn't look like he knew where he was after that. And then after that fight the next fight that i would say i really enjoyed even though they were very very cringe fights throughout this whole night uh i'm gonna give the next fight to anisan gibb versus taylor holder which i don't understand why this was a draw at the beginning but now they just gave gibb the win so he officially has a win on his boxing record but i don't understand how this was even a draw because Gibb looked like he knew what he was doing, looked like he trained correctly to get this win, and he definitely had the win in my book. He had all five rounds because Taylor Holder didn't throw any punches at all, and he looked like he was just pretty much scared. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing in the ring. And Faze, fa uh, not uh, Anasan Gibb looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he was prepared to... Uh, win this fight and in my opinion he won all five rounds in that match just like ddg did in his match and you know it it was a nice thing to see for amateurs because you know these these are just amateurs at the end of the day so you can't really go against them but yeah anasan gibb uh vinnie hacker and phase jarvis i gotta give you guys a round of applause I'm giving a lot of round of applause, but a lot of people deserve them this week, especially after the last week that we had in sports. So let me give these three guys an incredible round of applause. And then my question for this YouTubers versus TikTokers thing, my bobber that's been going on, and all these celebrity fights is, who is paying these people to do this? Like, I don't understand where these beefs are coming from to where I had to see Austin Broom versus Bryce Hall or DDG versus Nate Wyatt. Like, 
uh, where are these beasts coming from? I don't know where they're stemming from. And I don't know what this whole thing about celebrity boxing is. Or what it is, YouTubers boxing. I, I blame, I really blame KSI and Logan Paul. And then Deji, who's KSI's brother. And then uh, Jake Paul. I really blame those two. Because now this is, this is never going to stop. Especially... Once you see what kind of event they had just for some TikTokers and YouTubers, they literally had a star-studded performance lineup of Trippy Red, uh, Mulatto, a big Lotto, uh, Fat Joe and DJ Cali, the Migos, and Lil Baby. Like this was like a concert and a boxing match in itself. Like it was like a festival, pretty much, at this, and a boxing match at the same time. So, the amount of money that people are putting into these fights is never going to stop now. And I don't know why, where these beasts are even stemming from, or why we're even giving the time of day to these people. But it, at the end of the day, I see why. Because it's so cringe that you just have to watch. Like, like during the whole fight, my girlfriend was like, oh, this is so cringe. This, is, this, is, this should be just a shame. They should be ashamed of themselves. And it's like, yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves, but you literally can't stop watching it because it's so bad. And you know they can't fight. So it's just really funny to see people that can't fight just try to get in the boxing ring and think they can fight. Now, I will say, if I was in a boxing match, like if I ever get famous enough to where somebody calls me out for a boxing match, if I get like Stephen A. or Skip Bayless famous from doing anything communications-wise and somebody wants to call me out for a boxing match, no, how, no matter how old I am, you're going to have to kill me in the ring. You are going to have to kill me because I am going to train the hardest, I, I promise you. I'm not going to do no deji training where it's four or five times a day and it look like you've just been training to eat donuts all day. I, you're going to have to kill me in the ring because I'm going to come in the best shape possible and look like I know what I'm doing. Because you get knocked out in front of what? How, I don't even know how much Hard Rock uh, hard rock uh, Stadium holds, but probably a couple thousand people in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Then you got the people watching at home. Then you have your followers on TikTok or YouTube watching at home too. Or seeing the aftermath, even if they couldn't see it. And in Michael Lee's case, you get knocked out for your 48.6 million followers? Absolutely not. That would not be me. You would never catch me like that. If I knew I couldn't fight, first of all, I wouldn't do it. But if somebody paid me a check nice enough to do it, like I'm pretty sure these guys got a nice little check to do this, or... Something was set up to where they would get paid a decent amount of money, and they took it. If this was me, and I got paid a decent amount to do it, you gonna have, I promise you, I, I, I 100% promise you, if you think you're going to win or knock me out, bro, you're going to have to kill me, bro. You're going to have to, because I'm not going in like no little baby and thinking you're just going to bully me. No, absolutely not. I'm not gonna be look. I'm not gonna be made a fool in front of my followers and the people watching at home, people watching in the stadium. Absolutely not. And a lot of these people need to reconsider this this boxing thing. This boxing thing it doesn't work for a lot of people. 
So I know Austin McBroom or I think uh, not Austin McBroom. Uh, I think Bryce Hall and DDG said this is the last time they're fighting ever. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be for DDG because I don't think DDG really cares about anything other than rapping because rapping is real fast money to make. And if y'all know DDG, DDG is all about his money. But I don't think I don't think boxing is for everybody. And one thing I want to say to one person that was on this main card, Deji, just don't ever get in a boxing ring ever again. You lost to Jake Paul. Now you lost to Vinny Hacker. You don't come in in shape ever. So I just want you to stop. I've been a fan of yours for a long, long time, sir. So this is not any hate. But I just want you to stop what you're doing in this boxing ring. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, if y'all ever want to fight somebody that's on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you train very hard and very efficiently so that way you don't get embarrassed like some of these people or you don't have somebody's girlfriend like mine saying this is so cringe and what are they doing so make sure you do your thing your due diligence and training and if it's if tiktok is still popular when you're trying to box make sure you don't get knocked out by somebody that goes in the mirror please thank you <laughs> Alright, that's going to wrap it up. This is going to be a shorter episode. Not too much happened in the sports world, but a lot of spiciness, even though not too much happened. But uh, thank you for joining me here for episode two. I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want to email me anything about anything that was said or you have any questions about anything that I can help you with or anything that you want to talk about or you can give me suggestions to talk about as well or something that I missed. Feel free to email me at Josepher, that is J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R dot Williams at yahoo.com. And you can follow me also on Twitter at Josepher, J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R underscore 24. And once again, this is going to be a wrap for the Ballaholics podcast. And make sure we here at the Ballaholics don't rep Timidine. Thank you.